Our guest today believes that we need to stop broadcasting and start engaging. We need more social and less media. Are you ready to learn why? Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show Mark Babbitt, the founder of U-Turn. At U-Turn, Mark and his team enable young talent to become highly employable by connecting them to high-impact internships, mentors, and contemporary career advice through their blog, The Savvy Intern. Mark is also co-founder of ForwardHeroes.org, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help U.S. veterans transition into the civilian workforce. In his role with Forward Heroes, Mark is focused on developing our veterans' employability skills and connecting them with opportunities. Mark is also the president of Switch and Shift, a company focused on the human side of business. At Switch and Shift, there is no gray area. They believe you're either actively making the world better or you're passively helping keep the status quo. In addition to all this, Mark is also an author, a highly sought-after mentor, a keynote speaker, and a blogger. He's been quoted on the Wall Street Journal, Mashable, Forbes, and Bloomberg News regarding social media's impact on business, leadership in the social age, and career development. Mark is the co-author of the book, A World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt to Survive, a book that's designed to help companies and its leaders transition from the industrial age to the social age. And last, but certainly not least, Mark is a husband, a father of five, a grandfather, and a recovering engineer. Mark, I have no idea how you get it all done, but welcome to the show. I'm, uh, thank you. I'm exhausted just hearing that, actually. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for reading all that. Yeah, I, as I was researching, I, I, I started getting nervous. I'm like, holy cow, this guy has done it all. This is going to be fun. Well, we, we, we do keep busy, that's for sure. But, you know, we, we learn so much like we any other way. Because you're so busy, every, we all deserve to take a vacation every now and then. So if you could vacation in only one spot for the rest of your vacation days, where would you go? Alaska in the sun fishing on a salmon river. Well, that's very specific. Where any specific place in Alaska? Well, there's several. We, we've, we've done it a couple of times and every time we get a chance, we, we take the family up there to do just that. It's, um, it's just this amazingly peaceful experience that that not many of us get to do anymore in our digital world. Yeah, that's true. Not much Wi-Fi, I would assume, where you go. None. <laughs> absolutely none. Barely power. <laughs> uh, my wife would love, absolutely love to go on an Alaska cruise someday. So I know that is, that's on her list. So I will probably end up doing that as well. So while you're in Alaska, I would imagine um, if you're like me and, and other uh, members of the audience, you probably are going to take a book with you to read. So which nonfiction book are you either currently reading now or would you take with you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm currently rereading right now uh, in anticipation of reading his next book. I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I'm coming back through From Good to Great, which is uh, Jim one of the all-time, yeah, uh, one of the all-time classics by Collins. And, and I didn't want to start, it's been so long since I read his, this book, um, that I didn't want to read the, the, the next one, which is climbing the charts, uh, or maybe at the top of the charts already. Uh, without without a refresher, so I'm going through that one right now, and I, it's it's amazing, Ryan, how how spot on he was in this, 
you know, he didn't see the digital age coming, but much of what he's talked about is, uh, is, is, is right there right now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was, it was a very good book. I may have to read it, reread it again myself sometime. So I'm going to move on now. I'm going to give you two choices. I'd like for you to pick one and tell me why. Do you prefer to watch the San Francisco Giants or the Ohio State Buckeyes? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> okay. So funny story. The Ohio State Buckeyes uh, mascot was on my Facebook page. It still the is. last week. It, well, I hope it's down now. Oh, okay. Because I lost a bet. My, <laughs> my Oregon Ducks played. We have two young members of the U-Turn team. They both go to Ohio State. And uh, so I bet them that if uh, if if Oregon lost, I would put the Ohio State mascot on my Facebook profile. Uh-huh. And they would do this. So that was a lost bet. Um, not a Buckeye fan at all. Um, <laughs> but but did want to live up to the to the integrity of losing a bet. Uh, and, and I've been a Giants fan since I was three. So, um, so we, I, I've got to, I've got to win one and lose one this year. I'll take it. All right. Okay. So that, so that explains it. I couldn't find anything else on Ohio state anywhere about you, but now I thought, you know well, why. it's on his profile. So we must really <laughs> like him. <laughs> I get it. All right. So I think you already answered this one, but when you're in Alaska, are you going to go fishing or hunting? Oh, that's actually a tough one, but probably, probably fishing because I can do it with every member of my family, even the little grandkids where hunting is more of a, you know, that's an older, older person kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so if you were going to hang out with, if, if, if I gave you two types of people to hang out with, who would you prefer to hang out with? The relentless givers or the ask holes? And before, <laughs> before you answer, let me make sure everybody understands. I said ask as in A-S-K, the ask holes. Well, you have done your research. I can't tell you how impressed I am. Um, <laughs> well, as definition, the relentless giver, Ryan, is someone who gives of themselves and serves others. As, as they champion their own brands, as they move their mission forward, they're also very giving if they help others succeed as well. And together we all grow. Um, where the ask hole with a K um, <laughs> is a person who the first time they tweet you, and I've had like six of these today, so that's why I laughed. Uh, you, you know, the first time they talk to you on Facebook or Twitter is, hey, we'd really like you to read, read the book and do a review. Um, great to meet you. Like, wait a minute. We just we just met, man. Come on. Right. Right. Build a take the time, please. Shake my hand digitally. Build a relationship. And if it's mutually beneficial, then then let's talk about helping each other. But but to 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 throw out the ask on the on the first communication, unacceptable. Yeah, I think I think you said I, I attended um, one of your webinars a couple weeks ago. Um, and that's where that's where the the ask hole came up. But I think you also said social media is kind of like an enabler. If it's inside of you, eventually it's going to come out. That's and right. I, and I think that's where those ask holes come from. That social media, unfortunately, enables them, um, but it also enables a whole bunch of good stuff too that we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's face it, Ryan. You and you know these types. If if you we don't have any filters in our non-digital lives we're probably not going to have any when we're when we're hitting the keyboard either so uh, yes there there is some good but there's also some you know there's some there's some uh frustrating behaviors once in a while on social for sure yeah that's true so um last one if you were gonna if you could and you attend one or the other which one would you prefer to go to a networking event or a twitter chat Ooh, that that's a tough one See, well, okay, so a little bias. I am basically an introvert, or I guess a situational introvert, which means that I can do the networking thing, 
but really, I'd be I'd rather be sitting at my desk in front of a fire watching a game, pounding the keyboard than having to be socially interactive. So so sometimes the introvert side of me sneaks out. So I guess for that, just to be you know completely honest, I'd probably rather be on a Twitter chat. Speaking of Twitter chats, U-Turn holds every Monday night a Twitter chat that's hashtag intern pro. So what it's for people who have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Twitter chat, what is a Twitter chat? Well, Twitter chat is typically a 60-minute conversation held exclusively on Twitter or or a, a, a Twitter API-driven tool like TweetDeck or Hootsuite or CrowdChat. And, and we tackle one topic over those 60 minutes. So a community rallies together. Uh, it's usually a pretty good mix. Certainly this is the case on intern pro or social biz chat, job hunt chat, uh, where it's a good mix of, of both experts, um, you know, in the career space, it might be resume writers, recruiters, uh, career coaches, and those looking for a job or an internship. And all we do is, is, is talk about, uh, you know, that topic that night, stay very focused on one thing so we can all learn from each other. It's, it's essentially peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer mentoring on steroids. And it, it's 60 minutes of nonstop action. And, and it's actually, Ryan, what got me hooked on, on, on social media was I, I attended a Twitter chat and met 200 people I would have never met otherwise. And never. And, and, I, and it, just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks how much the world had changed and how much more we could do now. Yeah, I, uh, Twitter chats can be highly addicting too. I think it's kind of there's something exciting about watching the questions come out and the answers from all the different people, and um, I I, I kind of find them somewhat exciting myself. So yeah, it's keyboard nicotine. That's what we call them. It's <laughs> once you once you start doing them, it, it's uh, it it's can definitely be addicting. I, I I like that keyboard nicotine. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna borrow that and use it. So you can steal it. Yep. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> All right. Now I gave a little bit of a brief introduction, uh, or during your introduction, I gave a brief overview of what U-turn is. But in your own words, uh, what is U-turn? Well, U-turn. We founded U-turn because we learned, and I've been in the in the uh, online recruiting space now since 1999, and and one of the things that we've learned, although there's so much good about um, job boards. And, and how disruptive that technology was. And social media came along and turned that whole process on its ear. But all the way through that, we, we kind of took the human out of human resources. Amen. All we had to do was click that apply now button 200 times. And when the economy was better, something good would happen. We didn't have to build relationships anymore. We didn't have to seek out mentors. We didn't have to self-learn new technologies and new software. If you, if you had the right education... And, and you were breathing, chances are you were going to get a job. And and we saw this coming. This We started talking about U-Turn in 2008. About the time the recession really started hitting, and we said, guys, we've got to launch this because this, this the, the networking, the relationship building, the mentorship, it, that's all going to become so important and, and very quickly. And and so we were we were lucky enough to be kind of on the leading edge in this in this area and 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 we know now Ryan that's how we build careers you know it isn't um, it isn't about the job board anymore it's about uh, and it's not even you know that whole thing about uh, it's not it's not what you know it's who you know well it goes past that now it gets who who knows you well enough to refer you mm. and and when we get to that point now now we're now we're going to win we're going to we're yeah. going to have a pretty fulfilling career because 
when somebody says, hey, does anybody know a guy who does blank and you do that and they trust you and they like you, you're, you know, you, you've proven yourself trustworthy and likable and you, and you're looking for your next opportunity. You have an in that nobody else does. Mm, good. Um, so, and so now you turn caters, not just to students, but also to, um, you know, people of all ages. But if you were, if you were to give, or, or let me rephrase, what's one piece of advice for students? If you were going to mentor them on how they use social media, what's one thing you would tell them that they all need to know? Well, especially on social media, you know, we we're we're kind of we're kind of in phase two of social media, right? Right, and you know this. We 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 tell everybody, well, you just you need to be on Twitter, you need to be on Facebook, you need to get a LinkedIn profile, and it was enough just to be there. And now what we've learned is is that's not enough, right? It's like it's like going if if that's if that's all you do, if that's all you have, it's like going to one of those networking meetings you just asked me about and going and standing in the corner facing the wall and never talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah. You have to work the digital room. And and I don't think we get that yet. You know, just because you have a LinkedIn profile does not mean a recruiter is going to find you. Just because you're active on Twitter does not mean that a mentor is going to take enough of an interest in in you to help you. You have to work the room. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I I had a guest on not or I interviewed a guy not long ago who's a guest on the podcast, and he actually maintains a list of sixty people in his network that he wants to keep in contact with, and he communicates something with them every sixty to ninety days. It's on it's on an Excel spreadsheet and a rolling list. And um, you know, I, I when he told me that, I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And if you take the sixty people. And you, you know, you spread it out over 90 days, you know, one every day, roughly day or, you know, every other day, it's just a quick communication. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it's letting people know that you still are aware of them. I thought that was pretty brilliant. So that, that's absolutely brilliant. And we, and we, t- and we, we refer to that as, as tiered prioritizing, right? I mean, you're going to have, let's say 40 to 50, maybe 60 people that you absolutely will keep in contact with every 90 days at least. Or, or at the most, and then, and then you might have a second tier of people that you used to work with, mm. or former managers or mentors. Maybe they served you as a mentor at one part in your point in your life, but they're not as active now. And and then you know you want to keep in contact with them every six months or so. And then you probably have a third tier, Ryan, if people really think about it, that they at least deserve a note at Christmas time. You know, they they at least deserve that. Hey. Going to the new year, just want to, want to let you know I was thinking about you. Have a great 2015. That takes what a minute to keyboard, right? And but and yet and we don't do it, right? So yeah, hopefully that's not your family members in that tier, right? No, no, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of, since we talked about the number 60 earlier this year, you turned in a 60-day career challenge. What what was that? What can you tell me? What was that about? Yeah, we we uh, we sat around one day. It was actually one of our interns, who's now a, a full time member of the team. He said, "You know what if what if we what if we just took one challenge every day and made the our community aware that if they did this one thing and did it well, thirty minutes, maybe an hour max every day, that sixty days from now they would be infinitely more employable than they are now." How? How much different would their life be? And it was, it was definitely a challenge. It was a challenge for our community. Frankly, it was a challenge for us from a content perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is that's actually leading to 
a 60-day app that we're creating this uh, that'll be out this quarter this year oh, that that will take people on their devices through the through the challenges one day at a time and and uh, it's the response has been amazing and and it's really funny right you know this people say oh oh I need I need a job I need to find a job tomorrow well tomorrow doesn't happen right right so you have to invest the time you have to in many cases let's just say you've been in the workforce for a while or 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 you've been in school for five, six years, and now, boom, this is your first real job, you might not have a clue how to find work in today's world. Yep, in, yep. In, you know, in today's, in today's social world. And, and that's, what this, that's what the challenge was for. That's what the app is for, is to say, look, we're not going to overwhelm you. We're not going to kill you. But we need you to take 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes every day for the next 60 days. And at the end of those two months, you're going to be ready to be hired. Awesome. Let me know. Let me know when that tweet out when that's available. I'll, I'm gonna. You bet. I'll download that for sure. Let's talk about the book, The World Gone Social. You know, you co-authored that book with Ted. It's Coinier, correct? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Good, because I didn't want to say coiny. <laughs> but I did it anyway. First of all, I want to—I do want to give you a compliment on the book. I loved it. It's very straightforward, to the point. You guys don't hold any punches at all. I mean, you call a dinosaur a dinosaur, and I—I uh, I thought it was fantastic. But uh, what, what I do want to get back to is what we touched on earlier: is this relentless giver mindset? Because to me, that's kind of an underlining tone within the entire book. Um, how does how does that relentless giver mindset relate? Um, in a world that has gone social? Well, here's, here's the thing. We went through decades where all that mattered was me. And, and, and that killed us. That, that beat the humanity out of us. And, and it led to, eventually, relationships at the right time and not having mentors and not having people who cared about us and our careers. And what the relentless giver mindset is, it puts us back in the frame of mind where we know it's okay to serve our own purpose, to, to as I said before, move our own missions forward. But in the process, why not, why not share what you know? Why not be a knowledge database? Why not be a connector of others with, with common thoughts and common principles and common goals and, and give of ourselves to, to improve everybody around us? Right there, um, don't get me wrong. I I'm a competitor. I'm a startup guy. I've I've coached high school sports for you know a, a decade or two. I get the competitive nature of what we're doing. But on the football field, if I can use that analogy, our primary goal is to make the entire team better, not just one person. And so so that's what Relentless Giver does. Is we're going to work collectively on making us all better. And when it comes time to compete, we're going to be all of us. We're going to be more ready to step up. And more importantly. To the relentless giver concept, if we, if you and I, Ryan, if we're constantly helping others achieve their goals, and we're not assholes, and we bide our time, and we wait for the right moment when you and I need help, and we've established ourselves as relentless givers, if we've gone out of our way to help others along the way, every one of the people that we've helped is going to say, "Heck yeah, I'll help you. What do you need? Right? What? How? How can I help you? Who can I connect you with? Who? Who do you want to meet? Who?" You know, who, um, how, how can I help you, you know, in our case, maybe publish a book or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, promote a book. I mean, there's so many things that, there's so many good things that can happen once we built that networking karma up 
um, that it's just it's just a no brainer in today's social world. How, how does a how does an industrial age company, a dinosaur, as as you refer to them in the book, how, how do they even start down the path of becoming relentless givers when when say mostly the senior leadership team is is uh, we'll say old school. Uh, that's a tough one and it's going to remain tough. And here, here's, here's what we found is a lot of times we talk about top down leadership and in the social age, what we're learning is it's almost a middle out that it's very rarely, very rarely do we find a Richard Branson or an Ariana Huffington or a Jay bear or, or a Peter Cashmore who really gets social and, and the potential impact of being not just authoritative, but also authentic. Yes, we have a company to run, but we can give a little bit of ourselves. We can show people that we're a real human being and that we care about our customers and our employees. And and that's hard to do sometimes, especially in those old school environments as you described. So what we're finding is a lot of times these SMEs or especially the legacy corporations, social the social mindset is is driven from the middle out. And, and we get a middle-level manager or, or maybe even somebody that doesn't even have the word manager on their business card. And they start treating our customers better. They start treating our employees better. Maybe it's somebody in HR who, who starts doing more social recruiting instead of old school recruiting and starts finding a higher level of competent employees, better team members, right? And from there, the culture just slowly changes. And, and so a lot of times, Ryan, it's not, it's not a top-down thing. It's, it's one person that has the you know what's to stand up and say yeah I'm not I'm not doing it that way that way kind of sucked and it's not working and all of our competitors you know the Zappos of the world that are doing these amazing things in the world of customer service and employee retention I see how they're doing it and that's how I'm going to do it here yeah I mean I'm hearing you say without saying it that they should not wait for permission they should take the lead and go um, I say that often um, it, but I've said that for uh, you probably heard me say that actually waiting waiting for permission to lead is is one of the biggest mistakes we can make in life and career if 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 we see a situation and we can help fix it it doesn't matter what it says on our business card you got to as a human being you got to jump in there and you got to make things better Let, let's say there is somebody inside of inside of one of these companies who's a social media ambassador and you know they're they're afraid if you will to get social because um, you know they they're not sure what the company might think um, is it what? What kind of advice would you give to that person to help them kind of get started at least down the path to help to begin to show the company that that you know it's valuable and there is a return on investment doing it? Go slowly, go go one one customer at a time. Change one life at a time or one mind at a time. You know it only it only takes a, a collection of stories where you have taken a customer who was really upset. Say they're on Twitter or on Facebook. And they're blasting your company for poor service. And you're the one person that says, hey, smart, we're gonna, uh, we saw your tweet. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's figure out what's going on here. And in a short amount of time, or at least a reasonable amount of time, you fix that problem. You do situation, provide a solution, boom. Now that person says, well, look, I was angry, but there's one person at that company that made a difference. And I felt it. And, and he cared or she cared. And, and now I'm a fan of the brand again. If you can collect stories like that and show impact and eventually assign ROI to it, you know, number of customers lost, number of contracts that would have been lost, um, number of referrals gained from this person who used to hate us and now loves us and is talking about what a great 
experience they just had. Now they're back on Twitter again. Happens all the time, Ryan. That same person who was complaining, 94% of the time, they're going to go back and go on Twitter and go, okay, yeah, I was mad. But now, look what happened. This, this one person made a difference. And, and so if you can collect those stories and eventually take it to... And you go to HR and you say, look, we're going to hire a customer service rep, but I'd like to make some changes to the job description. I'd like them to be socially capable. I'd like them to be at least socially aware that, that we have a new way to listen. We have a new way to communicate and, and make that part of the culture moving forward. That's, that's how it's done. So let, let's, let's, okay, so let's make the leap and say that we can, get a, we can get an old industrial age company to make, that, to make the jump and they become more of a, of a social company. Um, how, how do, how do job seekers determine whether or not a company is really social? I mean, how do they find out the real information about a company that they might want to go work for? Well, that's a great question. And, and so important to job seekers now, because, you know, you know, Ryan, it used to be that we simply had to take the company's word for it, right? Whatever it said on the careers page mm-hmm. or on the pamphlet or on the job description, you know, that first paragraph, ABC company is a dynamic, fast paced, blah, blah, blah. Of course and they are. Almost always, almost always it was a bunch of crap, right? Companies put that on their job descriptions for the same reasons that job seekers put hardworking, detail-oriented, um, proficient in Microsoft Office Suite. They say those things because they think they're supposed to, not because they're true, right? So so we social allows us to filter all that out, right? We can, we can go to their Facebook page and see how they really treat people. We can go to their LinkedIn profile and see if they're communicating or if they're just sitting there. We can go to glassdoor.com or indeed.com and look at the reviews. If it's a, a, a customer-facing organization, we can go to Yelp. And see how they treat their customers, or maybe don't treat their customers, right? There are we have in the social age. We have so many venues available to us to actually learn the real culture of a company, including whether they're truly social or not, if they're just saying that they are. Um, we can learn in 15 minutes on on social media now. Yeah, what do you, you mentioned Glassdoor, and I know you talk about Glassdoor in in the book. What what uh, you know? What do you think about that? A lot of, a lot of opinion. A lot of people have the opinion it's just you know people whining and crying about the company. Um, I can tell you that I have actually reviewed companies for from Glassdoor, and but what I, I don't just take one person's word for it either. I read as many as I can, and then I try to say, okay, are they all basically saying the same thing, or are there outliers within that? Uh, to try to get a determination of what the company's culture is like. Do you think you, do you think that's even a fair way to go about judging a company's culture is looking at Glassdoor? Well, let me let me say it's getting better. Um, you know, Glassdoor's own business model doesn't help them sometimes because if you're a member and you subscribe, then, you know, the, the, the rumor is that you get a certain number of um, more positive reviews that go to the top. And so... Uh, you know, it's 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 um it's it's a tough model, um, and they're not exactly transparent about how it all works, and that doesn't help either. But the the reality is that there's there's going to be people who are not objective on Glassdoor, just like there's going to be people who are not objective on Yelp, right? And one of the nice things about phase two of social media is we're uh, organizations like Yelp and Glassdoor and TripAdvisor, they're taking the time to verify that the person who said they worked at that company really did. Mm, that's good. And, and in the old days, people could get on there and just keyboard anything, right? And you, it was up to you, as you did, Ryan, or do, you, you're able to filter those out. 
Um, but but others never took that step, and they take that one, you know, that reality TV mindset. The the biggest screamer wins. Um, that's just not the way the world works, and we're learning that in phase two of social. We're we're learning how to filter, and the service bureaus that are providing this data for us, these these reviews, are learning how to verify that these people are real and their opinion should count. So, so let's assume for a minute then with all this information that we're able to get from the com- from these companies you just mentioned, one of the quotes in your book um, was that 84% of hires now are a direct result of referrals from somebody in your network or, or e- maybe even within the company. Is it possible these days to get a referral from someone inside a company that say today you don't know? Oh, absolutely. I, and we tell uh, you, uh, U-Turn and, and uh, coming up at Forward Heroes, we're going to be, we talk a lot about uh, about the why we're networking. Why are we doing this social thing? Why are we investing the time? What's the return on investment? And, and the, our ultimate goal is to build relationships that are referral worthy. Now, so that's a lot different than just making another connection or getting another Twitter follower or having somebody like us. That's just the digital handshake. That's just the introduction. Our goal on social media is to build referral-worthy relationships. Like we talked about before, does this person trust me enough, respect me enough to put their reputation on the line to refer me? And when we have those, when we have five or six of those people in our back pocket all the time, Ryan, now, now we can get there. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while. Right, we have to we have to mine the connections. We have to mine our referral network. We have to say sometimes we have to ask out loud, out loud. Hey, I want to work at Starbucks. Does anybody know somebody in Starbucks or somebody at HR in Starbucks? And it takes a while to build those relationships, but that's the way that's the way this is really working now. It sounds to me like you're saying that ordinary people can have extraordinary networks. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> which is, which is, as you know, an acronym for for open, uh, or open is an acronym for what you just described: ordinary person, extraordinary networks, and and that's a, a big part of a world gone social is is that we we uh, we live in the testimonial testimonial economy now, and and what we say about us on our resumes on our LinkedIn profiles, recruiters know that's just marketing. That's just you selling you. But when you build those testimonials, when you get the endorsements, as, as uh, you know, the jury's still out on endorsements on LinkedIn, but when people say nice things about you in general, and especially if they walk up to HR and go, look, I hear there's an opening in sales. I have the perfect person. She is amazing. I, I Give me your card. I'm going to have her send you a resume. Boom. You are in the door. And, and that's what an open network can do for you. That's it. And everybody wants to be that person, right? You want to yeah. you you want to be that person that's on the top of someone's mind when they're when they have that job opening or when they know somebody that has that job opening. Well, and isn't that a much better position to be in than oh, I'm going to send another resume through another job board and ATS is probably going to eat it up and I'm probably never going to hear from anybody. How do I know? Because of the last eighty resumes I've sent, I haven't gotten one call back. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just it's a it's a different mindset, Ryan. So I mean, it's all we're all talking about social uh, and and how you know you can use it to build networks and leverage those networks. Um, you know, assuming that you're a relentless giver. But is it possible to use social for people to help them establish authority on a specific niche or topic or industry? Oh, that's one of the that's one of the best parts about social is is while we're building our brands and the way, frankly, that we get people to see that we're likable and trustworthy is by establishing our subject matter expertise on social. I mean, anybody for free now, anybody can have 
TweetDeck and, and, and a Twitter account, um, Facebook. Uh, for almost free, we can have our own domain name, URL, and website. We can certainly have a free about.me and a LinkedIn profile. For free, we can go to LinkedIn groups and and based on our niche, you know, express our feelings on a on a on a hot topic or comments on a blog post or posts on LinkedIn Publisher exactly how we feel about a trend with our industry. So the best part about social media, Ryan, is that we can all of us now doesn't take a lot of money, doesn't even take that much effort. It takes consistent effort, but it's not an eight-hour-day job. We can establish subject matter expertise and become known as the expert, as somebody that might be someday referral, referral worthy. And, and that's the person and, and that's the person you want to become to be that top of mind person for the next job or opportunity that comes along. Well, Ryan, it also takes one more thing that we, that we don't talk about enough, and that's we have to be confident enough to stick our necks out there. And uh, we, have to, we have to say how we think. You know, uh, social media is not, a, it's not a great place for groupthink, although you and I both know it happens all the time. You know, we, we, have to, we have to have original thought. We have to have a well-thought-out answer to a, to a problem. And, and, but when we do that, when we, when we come across as empathetic and solution-minded and forward-thinking and, you know, that whole out-of-the-box cliche, when, when, when we establish that on social, we become known as a, as a problem solver, and those are the people that are getting hired right now. Yeah, it's, um, you know, being willing to put yourself out there, I think, is most likely what a lot of people will struggle to overcome. Just And, it, and it's it's all you. It's a mental block that you have. Uh, may or may not be real, uh, but g- getting over that hurdle can be a big challenge for some people. Well, especially for us older guys. I mean, let's face it. I You know, as a young engineer in Silicon Valley... I would if I learned something new, I wasn't going to share it with anybody. That was a competitive advantage. Mm, that yeah. was something I knew that made me a better engineer than those around me, and that's how the world worked back then. Now we're judged on how well we share, mm. and 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 how well we connect others, and how well we build these relationships. and And the world the world has changed a lot for some of us older guys. Who it's like Facebook, forget it. I I don't want to. I'm, yeah. I'm going to start sharing of myself on Facebook. No, I'm an old school guy. Nobody, that's none of me, nobody's business but mine and my family's, and it's it's definitely an obstacle to overcome. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll share a little uh, quick little story about me. I I still struggle with it. I mean, here I am. I'm on, I have a podcast. I've got a blog, um, but I still struggle with you know what are the perceptions going to be of others. And just two weeks ago. Um, I was making an update. I, I got a I got an endorsement from uh, one of my clients who I had just helped him build out a brand new website for him and kind of did some rebranding for him um, on his site. And he gave me a glowing endorsement, so I was going to add it to my LinkedIn profile. So I went to add it to my LinkedIn profile. Um, LinkedIn had recently had an update where uh, they defaulted back to broadcasting all of your updates, which I had turned off. And because I didn't want people necessarily seeing what I was posting there. So I went, I added the endorsement and I thought, huh, well, while I'm on LinkedIn, I may as well go ahead and add that I have this podcast too, thinking that it's not going to get broadcast out. Right. So as soon as I did it, I hit, I hit, you know, publish or save or whatever it is. And the next thing I know, I'm getting emails from people saying, Hey, congratulations on your new job. 
<laughs> and I went and I looked and it said my new my new title was host of the brand new you podcast. I'm like, oh no, nice. what have I done? <laughs> uh, you know, but I tell you, I, and I was I was really I was actually very nervous about that. What my you know what my company would think, what my peers would think. Uh, but the response has actually been overwhelming. People ha- have come to me saying, well, you know, great job. I really love it. Keep it up. The, it wasn't the response that I was that I was thinking it was going to get. And so I guess the whole point of telling that story is is that we should not be afraid to put ourselves out there. Um, that's the way. That's the if we're going to advance, that's what we've got to do these days. Well, you know, it's really funny. We just had this conversation on social business chat or social business hour today, um, and. And we somehow vilified uh, personal branding and, and self-promotion. And and so, speaking of not being afraid to stick your neck out there, while everybody else is saying, oh, self-promotion sucks, anybody who self-promotes doesn't really know what they're talking about. I said, wait a minute, from my perspective, why are we all on this chat? There's nothing wrong with self-promotion. It's it's where's your balance? Where's your integrity? Who who are you serving other than yourself? You know, and if and if three out of tw- out of ten tweets or updates on LinkedIn, Ryan, are about you instead of somebody else, I'm perfectly okay with that. We we have personal brands to to nurture and to maintain, and and I, you know, especially for job seekers, this is a tough market. If if you're not willing to talk about you, nobody else is going to be either. And one more thing, Ryan, the positive response you got to that to that let's call it a, a mistake um, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, the positive response shows your position in the market. It shows that you've built up that networking karma and people were happy for you and people want to see you succeed and, and, and people want to be surrounded by people who are successful. So it, no surprise to me at all that you got a positive response from that update instead of a negative one. Yeah. I, I, I was a little surprised, but then it was, it was kind of me. Um, but it, you know, another, it reminds me too, to, you know, putting yourself out there. I was, I, I was talking to a gentleman last Friday and he told me, he gave me a quote that it just sticks in my head. But today, in today's job market or just today's day and age, he's, his, his quote was, invisibility is a fate worse than failure. <laughs> I love that. Right? I'm going to steal that. Um, <laughs> Matthew Capala is the gentleman who uh, gave me the quote, invisibility is a worse fate than failure, meaning go out, try to fail, but at least put your name out there and do something because today you don't want to be invisible. Well, we, we have, we have a saying we, when we sit down with, um, we just did a, a, an event down in San Diego for about 400 job seekers that are 50 years and older. And it was exclusive to that demographic. And, and, and I, and I asked them how many of them were on LinkedIn. And as you can imagine, not that many of them raised their hands. And I said, I said, you guys, if I hate to say this, it's time to change. It's time to mm-hmm. build a different mindset because if you aren't on LinkedIn, if you're not on social, if you're not digitally oriented, you do not exist. In today's job market, the resume, the black hole, the ATS, the job boards, that's just anonymity waiting to happen. You, you have to be out there. So I love that quote. Yeah, it's a great quote. I want to I want to wrap up the uh, wrap up our discussion on your book here, and just I'm curious as an author, as you were doing research for the book, what did you learn that surprised you the most? Well, I think uh, what surprised me the most, I think, was the was the power of the open network, and and when we started researching this, that wasn't even a concept in our in our mind, uh, and and my my co-author Ted Coyne is is the one who came up with that phrase, and I just loved it from the first moment he said it. Because it encapsulated 
all of the people that we were talking to that were doing so well on social media, not just the early adopters, not just the people who'd already been doing it five or six years since the dawn of the social age, but people who had who'd taken that mindset for just the last three, four, five, six months. It was amazing that the work that they were doing and how fast they were advancing. And there's so many examples of people who said, you know what, I am going to give up of myself. I'm going to share everything I know. I'm I'm going to help those around me grow. And, and we had no idea um, the, the extent of the impact of that mindset. And so that was the biggest surprise was, was I mean, you know, these these ages don't exactly come along, um, you know, every every five or six years, right? The industrial age has been with us for a hundred years. Now you might want to throw in, you know, the, the the digital age and the information age, but those only lasted eight, 10 years. You can't really call that an age. Um, so the industrial age has technically been with us for a long, long time. And, and our feeling is so with the social age. And, and to have that much impact for open, that open mindset to have that much impact in such a short amount of time blew both Ted and I away close here i'm gonna start wrapping up but before we before i get to the final couple questions i would like to know um, a little bit more can you tell us a little bit more about forwardheroes.org you know what what is it uh and how did you get it started well forwardheroes.org will be we're launching it this year it is it is a, a community that will be built to to enable our military veterans to transition from their military careers to the civilian workforce, and and there's no bigger demographic in in the world right now that that is having a hard time in the in the job market than our than our military veterans, and and it's uh, you know it's hard. It's a I'm a veteran myself. I have a son serving now. Uh, my father served, and so on. I it's hard to see these people that are, that have so nobly served our country in some really crappy places in some cases. And then come back and not be able to find a job, and and it's not just the job seeker that's impacted. It's it's their family, it's their wives, it's their children, it's their husbands. It's you know, and it's and it's not gender specific. It's it's and it's not age specific. It's across the board. Uh, our veterans are having such a huge, huge hassle finding work and and transitioning their soft skills to the civilian world and fitting into the culture in the civilian world. And, and and going through what it basically in many cases amounts to culture shock as a trans- transition from a very mission oriented military career to to a very project or a me driven um, career in the in the in the civilian world so that's our goal is to make that is to make that transition a little bit a little bit more tolerable and and help them successfully go build a great civilian career that takes advantage of the skills they learned while they were in the military. Yeah. I mean, they come back with some of the, you know, they're, they're highly trained, highly skilled individuals. Um, at least all the ones that I've, that I've met and, and, and been associated with. And, um, I, you know, I'm with you. It's, I would love to see a whole lot more of them, um, be employed when they come back. So if, if there are people out there listening now who would like to get involved and like to help with this mission, um, you know, because they, it resonates with them. What What is the way, I know you're not launched yet, but is there a way or a place they should go to contact you or someone with forwardheroes.org so that they can, they can get involved and be, you know, be there with you when you get this thing kicked off? Well, there is a, there is a placeholder website up. It's not, it's not the, it's not the full site yet, but we wanted to have a presence out there so we could start communicating about it. It is forwardheroes.org. Um, and of course you can email me at mark at uturn.com and and uh, we'll we'll be sure and get you all the information you need. We're we're quite proud of this event. It's a it's a nonprofit. Nobody's going to make a penny off of this, 
our our entire intent is to is to make this transition easier for the people that have served our country. Well, it's a truly a worthy cause, and I wish you all the best of luck with it. I hope it I hope it works be way beyond your wildest expectations. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, so, last couple questions, we wrap up here. What is the best way for people listening to get in touch with you? Well, as you know, Ryan, I'm on I'm on Twitter quite a bit, so that's probably a good place to start. Um, Twitter handle is Mark S Babbitt B A B B I T T, um, and and we just uh, we just mentioned the email address. I I do answer my own email still. I'm one of the I think one of the few CEOs that does that anymore. But um, it's uh, Mark M A R K at Y O U T E R N dot com. And there's one condition when you contact Mark: you cannot be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Please. All right, last question. Any final thoughts, words of wisdom, or tips you'd like to pass on to the listeners today? Well, I, Ryan, I, I, the last thing I want to say is uh, I want to reiterate how how important it is to stick your neck out there and to be to be bold, to be bold enough to be different, and to and to have a little different voice. and And I know you and I share this thought, and I and that's why I want to emphasize it. We all can't be clones of every other job seeker out there. We have to we have to know what we stand for. We have to know what we're really really good at, and we have to we have to sell both of those things in order to stand out in today's economy. All right, fantastic, Mark. Thank you very much. I I know you're a very busy guy. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to me. It has been my pleasure, Ryan. Thank you very much. Wow, so much great information today. If you're like me, you were probably taking notes like a madman. But have no fear, I'll have all of the notes, book references, and links set up for you in the show notes over at ryanroten.com forward slash mark. And of course, you can also hit the rewind button at any time to re-listen to any or all of the great information that Mark provided today. Mark, thank you once again for being on the show and sharing your gifts and knowledge with us. So my question today for you, the listener, is, can you do it? Can you be bold enough to be different? Or are you too wrapped up in what other people may or may not think? If you're concerned about what others may think, or if you believe that you are bold enough to be different, then I have a challenge for you. Don't worry, it's a simple challenge. Think of it as the first step on the way to boldness, on the way to becoming more social. Send a tweet to me, at Ryan Roten, that simply says, I'm bold. That's it. If you don't have a Twitter account, create one. If you have a Twitter account, use it. Either way, in a world that has gone social, you need to be bold enough to be different. Sending me a tweet may not sound like a lot, but it might just be the step you need to get started being social. So as we close out this episode of the Brand New You Show, stay tuned in and listen to the outro music for a really cool 100% free gift from me to you. And as always, until next time, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. Hey, folks, if you want to leverage your personal brand and become known in your field, you first need to become visible. To find out how visible you are, you need to take my 100% free online branding assessment. So head on over to ryanroden.com, click the orange start button to learn how visible you are today.